Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. My name is Jack, I'm sitting here as always with my co-host Chris. How's it going tonight? Going great. Very excited for this episode. This is going to be a special one, I think, so. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this episode for a decent amount of time now. We've got a great guest coming up that you all have figured out by now because you read the episode title. But we're going to get to that. And we're not going to leave his name out the title. And we're not going to leave his name out of the title. We need those listens, people. (laughs) Hey, that's not wrong. But first, (laughs) before we get to all that fun stuff... Let's talk about the very light week of news we have. Um, Starting out with Great White getting some track work done. I think we could just rename this track work the podcast and it would be fairly accurate. That would be pretty accurate, yeah. I can see it. We've talked about track work pretty much every, like, week for the last month, I think. Most of it is lightning rod, but, you know, it's alright. I thought we weren't mentioning that. Well, we're kind of stuck doing that anyway. That's true. Okay, but... So, yeah, uh, getting some track work done. By Gravity Group. By Gravity Group. Supposedly, they're going to get new trains. Uh, Yeah, I've heard that that hasn't... Like, there's no confirmation on that, but... Nobody really knows for sure from everything I've read, but it's a good possibility, I think, so... Yeah, I definitely, I think it would run good. I haven't written it myself, but I think it would run great with uh, Timberliners. Probably help Mm -hmm. the ride smoothness, longevity. It's going to be good, though. So track work is a good thing. So good for them. Yeah, Maurice Pierce getting stuff done. That's positive for sure. Okay, next up, um, this is something, a ride that we don't know a whole lot of out, but, but we want to ride it. Both very excited for, um, and that is this GCI over in the Middle East. Um, that's apparently going to break Steel Vengeance's airtime record, and we got some pictures. And this it's coming along. Is first off Renegade style drop. Yes, please. Um, on top of it, just looking like GCI saying airtime, airtime. Airtime, airtime, airtime. It's Mystic Timbers on steroids. Yeah, it. the layout kind of reminds me of Python and Bamboo Forest because it looks like it's kind of doubling out, but also with all those that little twister sections and um, laterals. But, man, it, it looks like it's going to be great. Like, this area keeps adding more and more. Eventually, one day, we're just going to have to say, well, we're going to go on a trip. Like, <laughs> we can't keep pushing it back. And I, I think oh. when this thing opens, that's going to be the moment for me, at least. Yeah, there's just there's no way we're not riding this thing. It looks too good to be true, honestly. Right, so it, it's gonna be huge. Like I, I'm so excited, especially with how much I love Mystic and Prowler. Yeah, it's this doing a Middle East trip is one of those trips. I almost it's almost gonna be like going to Energylandia. I feel 
like in the next couple of years, this area is going to boom. And so it's like, okay, we could go now. But if we wait another year, they'll have this. But if we wait another year after that, they'll have this. I feel like yeah. it's just going to be, when are we biting the bullet? I think it's when this GCI is open and, of course, COVID goes away and it's safe to travel and all that. And we still have to see if Falcon's Fury actually happens or not, but, you know. Again, I don't think it's flight. happening in the way that it was originally shown, but I bet you money that that park is happening. Probably. So, All right, let's talk about the one negative thing on here, though. Yeah, I'll let you pronounce the name because I'll butcher it and you'll make fun of me and there's nothing um, new there. Montana Rusa at La Feria de Chapultepec, I believe it is, um, is getting removed. That was the park that had Chimera, and um, I think I had another Schwarzkopf, but it's got new management, it's going to reopen, but they are removing their dueling wooden coaster, Montana Rusa, which is a shame. I mean, I think everybody was kind of thinking it had RMC potential, but... I think there were a lot of people just wanted it to stay because of how historic it was. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, of course, but even then, like, it could have made a killer RMC, I think. But yeah, shame oh, that that's agree. closing. Um, you know, I couldn't have seen myself going out there to ride it anytime soon. But when I do get out there, it's going to be sad when it's not there. You know, that whole park is unless they invest heavily in it. That par- that park is no longer on my like radar because they no right. longer have Chimera and they no longer have Monta Rosso. How do you say Montana Russo? Montana Russo. Okay. Here's your backstory. Chris took Spanish. I did not. I don't understand how it works. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame it's not going to be there, but I'm not in no hurry to get out there as much as I am Six Flags Mexico, because Medusa uh, six... Steel Coaster, yes please. And their Superman looks fantastic. <laughs> like, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it does. Like, might be the best Morgan. Well, Phantom. Uh, Phantom. Not counting Phantom. I was going to say Phantom. There's, I don't think there's any Steel way Steel really good, Phantom. too, so it's going to be close. But, yeah. You have that. Okay. Steel Eel looks good. Now, I say this have not, having not ridden it myself. Steel Eel looks good. There is nothing Morgan has ever done that can lay a finger on dropping down that 200-foot ravine. Oh, I, I believe you. No, and believe graying you. out at the bottom of it. Like, that I, is peak well, Morgan. I, I do not expect Steel Eel to be better than Phantom, but I do think it could be close to Superman in Mexico. Um, yeah. You need to ride Steel Eel, though. Like, it, it doesn't look from POVs and video like it's going to be some crazy coaster, but that first half airtime is something special. It is violent. Well, I'm just saying the drunk riders are supposedly doing a Texas meetup sometime in the spring, and I may or may not be looking into going. So I already have so much planned for next year, man. I know, I don't. So, Texas. Woohoo! Next up, though, a subject that is near and dear to Chris's heart because we absolutely adore the original. The Mac Extreme Spinner for Plopsaland, is that right? Plopsaland upon, yes. Plops- Belgium, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Is going up really fast and. Well, okay, I'll say this. I don't think it looks better than Time Traveler because Thank it does you. not use the terrain. Some of the elements on this thing look messed up. Okay, listen. Everybody's saying it's going to be better than Time Traveler. No. No, it will not. Nothing is going to beat that drop in the terrain usage. No, However, yeah, it will no... be very, very good. It's gonna, Yeah, it's going to be great. I think some of these elements are going to be very, very weird, but I don't see it, like you said, there's... N- 
no way it's topping that drop straight out of the station. And also, Time Traveler has some moments that are pretty violent. Now, here's the thing about of them is it does require getting the... Like, you have to be spun the right direction for it to really well this will have you. the same thing probably yes but like the banana roll and everything i think going through that spinning is going to be cool i think a jojo roll spinning will be cool yes um, that, that's one of the elements i wanted to talk about the jojo is going to be crazy and then i do expect the drop after you go up after the launch and then dip a little bit i expect there to be great airtime on that but i don't think it's going to be time traveler level it's going to be really good like Knowing how much I love Time Traveler, it'll probably be a top 15, top 20 coaster for me, but I don't it, I don't think it's going to be my number one or in my top five or anything. Yeah, for me, I think the I think the layout looks great. Again, I like pretty much reiterating everything Chris said, airtime looks to be phenomenal just from what we can tell based off shaping and everything. I just don't see it beating Time Traveler almost purely because of terrain usage, which is... right. Something I don't realize how much I value until I go That's ride a coaster. Like, it's see, you have grown up not having it. For me, terrain coasters are what I ride all the time, so I forget about it. And then I go ride a parking lot coaster, and I realize how much I hate it. And that uh, is one of the reasons why I don't think Twisted Colossus is going to be one of my top RMCs. I will say this about Twisted Colossus. You forget that it's a parking lot coaster if it's dueling. Yeah, okay, I can see that, but that's rare. Um, but yeah, I, the terrain looks awesome. And let's just let's just talk about Belgium. Belgium, what is going on? Y'all are going crazy over there. You've got this huge Intamin Mega. You've got this coming. Like It's heavenly. We're going Belgium there. is the spot to go coming yeah. up in Europe. So we're going, if for some, if somehow, because at this point I'm going to consider it a miracle if we get to go to Europe next summer. Um, yeah. If we get to go, Poland, Germany, and Belgium are the countries I want to hit for sure. Sweden is right there I mean, too, but those three are the three I want. Here's what I'll say. If you prioritize those three, that's cool. I'm just going to have to save up extra to go to Sweden before because I am. Not, you know I'm not missing Helix. I mean, I want to ride Helix and Wildfire too, but there is a lot of stuff in Germany, Poland, and Belgium I want to ride. More than oh, in yeah, Sweden, I, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about that right now because I don't think we're going. Um, yeah, rip. So that gives us time to plan even more and hopefully save up. And when we do make a Europe trip, we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna go big, I think. Yeah, but yeah, but transitioning. Speaking of zero cars and speaking of awesomeness, ugh, Leviathan at SeaWorld Australia is that is that what it's called? Or oh my it, gosh! I can't talk. <laughs> Australia, you take, you take over. I can't talk. Okay, Leviathan at SeaWorld in Australia. Um, we got a zero car revealed, and it looks sick. Gravity Group, all of their zero cars look great. This looks like it's going to be one of the best. Um, we've talked about Leviathan some, but like having the reverse back car looks like it's going to be really good. I'm really excited for this ride. It, it looks like a lot like Kukalan in Ireland to me, uh, which looks like one of the best Gravity Groups. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be airtime-filled, intense ride. And SeaWorld is really becoming a destination in Australia now, I think, because of this and those other additions. They're adding the flats, but... Someday I'm going to have to go out there and ride DC Rivals and Leviathan. And now they've got uh, the Blue Fire clone, which isn't too far from those two parks. So I, I'm excited for Australia, for yeah, sure. 
Australia has definitely jumped up a lot because it started a couple of years ago with DC Rival. That was like, okay, that's we got to go ride that. But it was hard to justify saying we're going to Australia for DC Rivals, and that's uh-huh. it. If you were going to go to Australia now, if I mean if I'm going to Australia, I'm going to do some of the tourist stuff and enjoy my time there. But it was hard to just make it a coaster trip. But with in the yes. last couple of weeks, even with we've seen the progress on Leviathan, we've gotten the single rail announcement plus more additions for that part. Oh, I forgot about the single rail. You and you've got the blue fire clone. There's they're they're adding more and more in, which is making it more compelling to make an Australia trip eventually. Because uh, I need new rivals in my life. But going back to what you said about it looking very similar to some of the other um, gravity groups, it also gives me. Some of the Jungle Trailblazer vibes, um, based off yeah. what we've seen. Which Definitely. All the Jungle Trailblazers, there are like, what, 12 of them now or something ridiculous? One, and they're two, not even three, clones. Four, five, six, seven. There are seven. Sorry. My bad. Um, that's still a lot. That's still a lot. But all of those rides look great, and this just looks to be, like, another one that's coming to Australia. So, also... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Australia doesn't really have a good wooden roller coaster, do they? I believe the only woodies that they have are, like, those really old scenic railways. I don't even think they have a single modern woody. I don't even think they have, like, a PTC or a CCI or anything like that. So, yeah, th- um, that, that makes it really unique for the area, which is great. Let's see. Uh, like... There's none there. I'm literally running through Australia real quick. I'm 99% sure that's right. Okay, the Wild Mouse at Luna Park. That's one. Oh, yeah. There's a scenic railway at another Luna... Luna Park. Yep, I'm I'm pretty sure it's like only scenic railways, uh, other than the Wild Mouse. And yep, so you've got the you've got a scenic railway, a Wild Mouse, and now you're getting a Gravity Group. So Australia is getting big jump up, a big good wooden roller coaster. So good for them, good for them. Obviously, very very good. Um, yep. Now it's your turn to talk about Dollywood. Yeah, so that wraps up news. Quickly talking about Dollywood's Smoky Mountain Christmas. I finally, finally, finally got up there yesterday. Uh, it was December 6th. Finally got back up there. First time at Christmas this year. And I have got to say, Dollywood delivered. This is probably, every, given everything that has happened this year, there was no need for them to like go full on, and they went full on. Um, starting out with this year, they did a huge emphasis on the color zones, which if you've listened, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but if you've listened to Justin's podcast, Snapshot Made Yesterday, he definitely has talked about it. Yes, you should listen to it. I'm going to be on an episode coming up, folks. It's going to be great. We do talk some Dollywood, but we talk some Christmas stuff too. It's going to be fun. Uh, But we definitely, this year, Dollywood put a huge emphasis on their color zones, which are very apparent once you start walking around in the park. Basically, Show Street is like multicolor. 
uh, Craftsman's Valley and Rivertown or River Junction are um, uh, your yellows, your yellow color lights, and then uh, Glacier Ridge, which is pretty much from when you walk. It's Glacier Glacier Ridge is Timber Canyon. It's from when you walk under Mystery Mine until you get back to Show Street. Is all of your blues and uh, whites, and it looks really, really good. And they did a great job of blending the lands together. It's not like a harsh change. You'll go from like all the like yellow soft lights, and then it kind of fades, and then it starts fading in. So it looks really good. But the best thing about this year's Christmas festival, Smoky Mountain Christmas, is the candlelight carols. Carol. Uh, I really cannot talk tonight, can I? What is going on? Carolers. There you go. Which they're doing at the chapel on uh, Craftsman's Valley, which if you're familiar with Dollywood, it's the chapel. It's beautiful. I love that place to death. And they have live carol, carol uh, you know what I mean, on the steps of the chapel singing at night. It's beautiful. There's candles all around them. They, all the audience members get like a disposable candle so they can have them with them. It's beautiful. I loved it to death. I immediately texted one of my friends that works at the park. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing y'all have added in years to any of the festivals. Like, if you know me, so my favorite festival has always been Harvest, Slash, Harvest Fest and Luminite. But this, this makes Smoky Mountain Christmas, like, way higher up than I, it has been in the past. Just this alone. And so I can't wait to get back up and see all the shows. On top of that, though, Eagle was running great. Tornado was running great. Thunderhead was running great. Lightning Rod, you've, if y'all follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you've seen the pictures. You've kind of got an idea of what's going on. So just stay tuned for more Lightning Rod stuff because it's coming. But yeah, Dollywood Smoky Mountain Christmas 2020. Great as always. You got to get here and see it. it. From your pictures, it did look gorgeous. But, Yomori Land during Christmas, Jack? Oh, I know. I've seen the pictures. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go there. <laughs> yes. All yeah. Right. Next up, real quick, another thing from me, before we get into our guest. Uh, TMP 2021 calendars are sold out. I sold the last one pretty much as soon as last week's episode posted. So thank you all so much if you bought one. If you didn't get one, next year is going to be even better because every year I get more pictures and it just gets better and better and it gets harder and harder to pick which ones make it. So, of course, stay tuned. Next year around October, you'll start to see stuff happening with those calendars. Also, one other thing with random stuff if you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, you saw I posted a lightning rod train pick. I'm gauging interest right now. It's a lightning rod train poster I've been working on. If you would be interested in buying something like that, let me know. I'm trying to figure out how many people would want something like this so I can figure out the best way to print and distribute it. So let me know if that's something you're interested in. I'm okay. interested. Get most of the stuff I make, anyways. That's true, but I'll buy it. Okay, it's gonna be hundred dollars. 
I gotta figure out where to put it. And a hundred might be a stretch for something that I'll probably end up like on the side of my closet where you can barely see it because I'm out of room. But hey. Wait, hold on. Then what are you going to do with the multiple Print My Ride train models you bought? Because they're just going to end up sitting in a room, and I know what you paid for those. Uh, I'm getting another shelf. That's different than wall decor. Is it, though? Yes, I have a spot for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. But no, yeah, seriously, if you're interested in something like that, let me know. Also, I have Dragster, Millennium Force, and Maverick train prints, too. So. Again, if you're interested, let me know. We'll figure something out. So now you've all seen the title, and we're here with our special guest. It's Taylor from Coaster Studios. How are you doing tonight? Oh, sorry about that. I just uh, was taking a sip of my uh, tonight's sponsor. It's a uh, cheer wine. Oh, hold on. Why'd you do Chris, this? Chris, cover the dead oh, air no. while I go I get one. Ju just for you. Just I'm, for you. I'm going I, uh, to get one. I, Chris, I cover the dead air. A can of fresh brewed brewed well it has wine in it i don't know it's chair wine it's not alcoholic it's a soda <laughs> oh my goodness i feel bad for everyone who has no idea what this drink is this is i don't know where this is gonna lead <laughs> aren't you so glad you invited me on oh well of course i am i mean we're gonna get like a ton of extra listens i already know that so Thanks for that. I haven't oh. even, yeah, I haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just your name and the title, you know. Hey, I'll take it. Okay, yeah, I've returned with Trillwine. Let's hear the pop. It didn't pop great. I already popped oh, it. Oh, no. I held it right okay. next to the mic, and it didn't pick it up. I'm fat. Yeah, this okay. is my favorite stuff ever. So It's so good. It's, it's ridiculously good. I wish it were standard all across America, but it's yes. not. Yes. So my grocery store has been running a special on it, and it's like 60 cents a bottle from the glass bottle. I'm like, Ooh, all of it. Okay. I want all of it. <laughs> I typically just pick up like a 12-pack, just in cans. Yeah, I'm a but, huge proponent yeah, of the glass bottle. and with it being like, I like the glass bottles. Yeah. It's like 60 cents a bottle. Can't say no to that. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so where did y'all talk about while I was gone? Uh, Cheerwine. <laughs> yeah, Cheerwine. a little bit. I, I talked about how his name in the title is going to give us listens, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, I haven't yeah. jumped into anything. Okay, well, Chris, <laughs> you, you wrote this first question, so I will let you start. Okay, well, first, it is an honor, Taylor. Thank you for coming oh, thank on. thank you. You are Absolutely. one of the people that got me into this uh, community, and I appreciate that. Oh, no, thank you. I, I love hearing stuff like that, so that is fantastic. I think we okay. both got I think we both got into coasters, and one of the first things we found were your videos, so that's true for both of us. It was uh, you and Midway Mayhem. Really? Okay, that's awesome. That's great. Yes. Yeah, Dan's a good friend of mine. Do you remember what uh, videos you found first? I'm curious. Uh, from you, it was the early reviews just when I you know started learning about parks outside of Florida, where I'm from. And then with Dan, it was mainly universal construction updates in, like, Volcano Bay around that okay. time. Uh, that was what really got me started. I cool. think the first video I saw from you was probably... And this is really going back. It was a park battle. Oh, the parodies oh, as well. The parodies. <laughs> I would marry okay. I definitely want, I want to say it was a Cedar Point versus Kings Island park battle. That sounds right. Okay, at least it wasn't. Uh, I did some obscure ones back when I was getting started. I was I was really stretching it. I was like, okay, what? 
which ones can I compare here? And I came up with some weird matchups. So, all right, Kings, and, King, Kings Island, Cedar Point, that's at least a decent one. Now, when I started those videos, I don't think I had been to either park. So oh, it made no sense. I had no authority to be doing those videos other than I had a good idea. And... Although you could so, almost make the argument since you hadn't been that they were more unbiased, I guess. That is that is a valid point, um, and which made it interesting when I did them for parks that I had been to, or when I'd been to one park but then not the other. Um, I remember, I mean, one of the earliest ones I did was uh, you know Kings Dominion versus Bush Gardens Williamsburg, and um, I think that I was trying to sway it towards you know king's dominion or something because i was like well this is my personal favorite mm -hmm. and that was obviously immoral and i should not have been doing that <laughs> so um but definitely for some of the other ones where i hadn't been i was like i don't care which one wins it doesn't matter to me but yeah. looking back on it, it would be interesting to bring them back but in like a much much better way well, it's something I've considered. That was something I remember was requested forever was that you bring back park battles and you always said no to it. The, well, here's the thing is that the concept was not bad. It was it was a good idea, but I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, as I mentioned, I hadn't been to any of them. So just execution in general was poor. And there were a lot of like flaws in the different things. Um, and I remember trying out different ways of like scoring it to make it a bit more fair. And so I think if I ever did bring it back, I'd just kind of get rid of the scoring system and I'd just kind of take those same categories and just kind of weigh the pros and cons with each of them and then just kind of leave it up to the viewers. So I'm like, look, if you enjoy this, this, and this, you'll probably like this park. But if you like this, this, and this, then maybe consider going to this one. So it's something I've thought about. We'll see. It'd yeah. be a cool concept to bring back. I'd like to see it back. I mean, they, they were good videos. I, I liked them. Well, I'm glad someone enjoyed them. <laughs> so we had to have something I, we will to do see. when we were stuck at home. And that, yeah. 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 Well, maybe one day when I have more time, I'll do it, <laughs> which is something I do not have right now. So. Understandable. All right. So while on the topic about your, your, your early days of Coaster Studios, what, what actually brought you to starting Coaster Studios and why did you want to do it? So um, I've told, I know I've told the story a couple of times with different people. I actually met a YouTuber that I liked when I was a freshman in high school, and he put me in a video and said, "Hey, Evan, go check out this guy's channel." And I didn't have anything on it, and I'm like, "Well, now I have all these people subscribing to me, and I don't have anything to put." I felt obligated to post something, but I didn't want to just copy that guy's videos. I wanted to do something, you know, that I enjoyed again i didn't really have any ideas or anything but i liked roller coasters and so i was like well maybe i'll start doing roller coaster videos and and actually the first video i ever did was a park battle it was a dollywood versus silver dollar city again oh, i had not been to this is an argument we have constantly <laughs> I, it's actually some of some of my friends and i we, we talk about too because i mean there's definitely you can make a very valid argument for both of them yes <laughs> I'm biased because one of them is my home park, so. Well, of course. But, okay, do, do you guys believe in also bias against your home park? Because yes. that's something yes. I found is where I'm suddenly a lot more interested in parks that are not my home park. Yes, I feel that. <laughs> like, in my park rankings, I feel like Busch Gardens Tampa could be a lot higher, but, like, I've been there so many times, it's lower than it really should be, I think. 
what happens is you start to lose your appreciation for yep. things. And you what I found is that you kind of gain them back whenever you visit the park with someone who has never been before. This is um, for sure. Very that's true. so much fun. And it's something that isn't, I think, talked about enough. But yeah, being with someone when they're experiencing something for the first time, it's like you're seeing it through their eyes. I love mm -hmm. that. Like well, going with to Cedar Point with someone for their first time or, or Dollywood, whatever it is. It's awesome. It's such a cool feeling. Well, and I can I attest to that, and I think Chris can too, because we went, we were at Universal Studios a couple of weeks ago, and I'd never been to the studio side of uh, or Universal, and walking into Diagon Alley for the first time, oh, everyone was that. watching me, and that's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Oh man, I I I experienced that for my first time with my sister. And we both love Harry Potter. Yeah. And when we, I mean, because we got to the studios part, we went straight there. We walked in and we both were like shaking. Oh, <laughs> it was it, so cool. It, my whole thing was like, I could not look down. I was just so busy looking at everything. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. like if there's someone in front of me, I'm totally going to walk into them because I was just transfixed. <laughs> Yeah. It, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so amazing. Well, it sounds like a, it sounds like a good time. I saw you met up with my uh yes. the S in Sailor. <laughs> uh, we love her. She's she's amazing. Yeah. That was fun. Hagrid night I, rides. Yeah, we got Oh, yeah, that's a, that's always good. Yeah, Sarah and I got a front row night ride on Hagrid's. That was epic. That's pretty cool. The last time I rode Hagrid was at let's see, it was the Iapa after party and i rode it at night with mike graham from the gravity group Ooh. and we got stuck in the drop track section we momentarily broke, got stuck there as well down. yeah yeah uh, it was our last round we were sitting there for i mean it was a bit they turned on the lights and oh. um it's funny just because it was an you know everyone there is industry and we're all just sitting there we're like yikes hope no one from intamin is on this train <laughs> <laughs> If someone was from Intamin was on that train, they were probably like, okay, push this button and turn that knob. Yeah, and they're like work. yelling, like <laughs> they see the security cameras and they're like miming like what to do to how to fix it. That would that would have been really funny. It was cool though. One of my friends is a, a designer at Intamin and um, I was, I didn't ride Haggard with him for the first time, but I was, I saw his reaction coming off and he, uh the face on the look on his face was priceless. He was like obsessed with that ride from that point on where he was riding it. Like, I think he got five rides in, and that is a fairly short event. I mean, it, it lasted, I don't know, maybe four hours, which considering the line Hagrid gets, the fact that he got five rides on it is pretty impressive. And so, yeah, I don't think he did anything else that night other than ride Hagrid. When we, yeah, when we were there, we were there for two days. We got three rides our first day and four the second day. And so I spent the majority of my birthday just marathoning Hagrid's, and I was like, "This is perfectly that fine is with me." That is a great birthday present. Yes, yeah, so I was like, "Virtual yes. lines." I've only ever ridden one roller coaster on my birthday, because my birthday is in November, which means Same there's here. only yep. a couple places that are open. And I rode it. It was a. Uh, it was funny enough. It was another IAPA after party, but it was at Fun Spot, Kissimmee. The ride was Mind Blower, and I rode it with Scott Schaefer. Another person we love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm seeing both uh, him and Sarah this weekend. I, I know. I saw, I saw that you were, gave in, and they're going to New Jersey now. 
I don't even know why I gave in, but yes, they, I caved, and I am going to New Jersey with them. <laughs> it will be fun. It will be fun. It will be fun. Go but, stare at Jersey I mean, Devil. And... Go, oh, believe me, I will. <laughs> I absolutely will. Uh, I need to get back to that park so I can change my opinion on El Toro. Next year, Jack. What's your, opi- what's your opinion on El Toro? I'm not oh, boy. Very Am fond... I not going to like it? Am I'm I not, not going to like fo- it? Yeah, I'm not very fond of that ride. It. Ooh, yikes. What the the ride that's been like my number two for like my entire life? Yeah. It, Oof. It was one of those rides that everyone said was going to be amazing and after my first i rode it one time and i was like um that wasn't as good as everyone made it sound like it was going to be did um, you have a wheel seat we had back row so mm, you want to do second and back yeah i talked to uh el toro ryan last year and he was like yeah second and back is where you need to sit so yeah hopefully but... with jersey devil gives me an excuse to go back up there and ride it Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That being said, though, Nitro is... I love that ride. So, I'm... That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. It's it's <laughs> almost... I, I get, like, it's not everyone's, but, like, for me, that's, like, that's the type of ride that I just, like, gr- like go to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That, I mean, no, I totally understand that. My my mom is the same way. She loves, uh, she loves her B&M Hypers. I think that's her favorite kind of red. They're just solid. That's what I love about them. It's like, I know what I'm getting, and I know it's going to be fun. They're all good. Yeah, totally. All right. I guess we should actually get a little bit back on track now. Are you implying that we're tangenting? No, uh, never. No, not, not on this show. Never. Not the show never. that based their show off of the Junk Riders. Um, <laughs> okay. So this is an interesting one. How do you feel about being a big face of the community and having such an an influence on younger enthusiasts? Yeah, so I never really see myself as um, one of the prominent people in the community. Um, I see myself as a member of the Coaster community, and I acknowledge that a lot of people in the community know who I am, and I, I appreciate that. I hope that people have... a positive opinion of me i know not everyone does and that's fine you can't please everyone um but i always just try to be a good influence on people i am constantly whenever i'm doing a video thinking about who's going to be watching this and i recognize that a lot of them are going to be families i've met a very diverse uh amount of people that are fans of the channel i have met entire families where every single member is a coaster enthusiast the parents the kids ranging in uh, ages from you know college age to I don't know like six or five, and they all enjoy it. And so um, something I do is I try to tailor my videos to people that are knowledgeable about roller coasters. I think a lot of my videos you kind of have to have some sort of understanding of the community. I don't necessarily go too technical, um, although I really do enjoy the videos where people do get technical, but. Um, I don't necessarily also go into explaining kind of basics. Like, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Intamin, they're a manufacturer based in, you know, blah, 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 keep going. So I, um, I think that in a way it's, it's great for people that, um, maybe they hear something in one of my videos that they don't, they don't know what that is. And so they, it, it inspires them to go and find out. And so they, 
go and do that research on their own, looking up different things. There's plenty of sites out there where they can find out information, and it's worded a whole lot better than I could ever do. But um, I think that a lot of my videos are, I mean, there are definitely some that are kind of educational-based, but for a lot of it, it's kind of uh, entertainment-focused. Uh, it's to get people excited about this industry because it's such an amazing industry. It's a great community. And, um, I hope that everyone has a positive experience in it. And, um, so I'm always appreciative when I meet fans and, uh, who, who like, uh, earlier what we talked about or, you know, uh, kind of got into roller coasters or, uh, my channel helped them get mm -hmm. into roller coasters. So, so I love that kind of thing. Now, That's... when you're making these videos, do you feel any sort of, of pressure because of no. how, how many fans you have? No. No, um, no, I don't really focus on that kind of thing. I mean, as bad as it may sound, uh, sometimes when I'm looking at videos, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, analytics that you can go into into YouTube. And so a lot of the time, sometimes all I'm looking at are numbers where I see this is how many people watched this month. This is how many minutes watched. This is uh, the number of views, uh, subscribers, that kind of thing. And so, I mean, I... I do have to remind myself that these are actual people who are watching, but it's very easy to forget that and just be looking at numbers and saying, well, only 5,000 people watched this one. That's not as much as this one that got 18,000 uh, last week. And, um, you know, so I, I don't, I don't know. It, unfortunately, because I've been doing this for so long, a lot of it, it the numbers don't phase me. So I don't, get a sense of I don't feel pressure to do well um I think when I do sometimes feel pressure to do something it's because I think of someone specifically that I know will be watching it maybe it's a video I did with some industry people like at IAPA or maybe I went to visit a manufacturer and I did an interview with this person or something and so I'm editing it together and so I'm thinking in my mind I'm going to be sending this to them later and I know that they're going to see, and I want them to uh, feel like I did a good job, and I want to be able to have a good relationship with them so that I get invited back or um, we're able to continue uh, that you know networking. And so I think that's sometimes the only times when I feel pressure because I want to please them. So, um, right. yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah, I, I understand that with some of my Dollywood pictures because I have a couple of friends that are work at the park and they are like, hey, I want to see your stuff. And I'm like, uh, let me go find the stuff that shows you all in the flattering way and not some of the stuff I take that shows you all in <laughs> not the flattering way. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, that's that's interesting about talking with about the numbers because I've definitely myself looking at Twitter and Instagram numbers, it's easy to get like, oh, this is like two more likes and I'm at this number or a couple more followers mm -hmm. and I'm here. I mean, look at Sarah and I, we just did a bet on who was going to hit a thousand exactly. followers first, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, I'm not sure. I think the goal is for everyone to be there and there to be as many cameras on my face as possible when it happens. So, oh, I'm sure it'll be glorious. I think Scott's bringing multiple cameras. Good. <laughs> let's get that slow-mo oh it's it's gonna be bad i don't know if she's showed anyone else but she sent me a video of her practicing on her roommate and i was <laughs> very 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 scared 
Um, That's really funny. I showed it to my mom, and she was like, you're going to have to, like, wear a neck brace or something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was it was bad. It was, it was, I was like, oh, I'm doomed, aren't I? And she was like, yeah. Okay, but moving forward with our content that we're actually here to talk about. So one thing I've noticed, especially because I think I've... I've been watching long enough to have seen this whole transition from going to from videos more like park battles and more reviews to this definitely more cinematic look and feel that you've taken the channel to. What's that been like? Sure. So, I mean, first off, I'm I'm a cinema major, so um, I think that it absolutely has played a factor into it because as I've been learning about all these different things that are pretty standard in the film industry, I'm turning around and I'm applying a lot of those same ideas and practices towards uh, what I do with YouTube. So um, a lot of the times when I'm uploading something, uh, if it's footage-based, I'm not necessarily focused on the numbers. Like I am very well aware that off-ride videos never perform as well as other stuff, but I don't, uh, that's not, it's not really why I post it. A lot of the times um, it's me practicing um, certain shots that I'm trying to get or, or improve on a certain skill with that. But um, it's nice to be able to then uh, apply those in kind of an engaging manner. So maybe it's uh, using that footage for a documentary, or maybe I uh, sat down with someone on uh, talking with them about you know whatever it may be, and so then I can have some footage to show. And so um, I think that's kind of where it started, is I'm just trying to become a better filmmaker. And I think making sure that your footage looks good is absolutely a factor in that. And there's lots of different um, steps in that. I mean, you know, having a good camera is, is a good place to start, but um, learning it and uh, trying out all these different uh, settings is something that uh, can absolutely uh, produce interesting results because you never know what you can find. And then um, playing a lot with it in post and uh, figuring out what you like and what you don't. Um, I'm a big fan of color grading, and so I like uh, giving my footage different looks, and I think it's fun. I, you know, uh, it's not for everyone, but I certainly get enjoyment out of it. So I think that's a lot of where it comes from. Yeah. Well, I'll say that you talk about color grading there as a photographer doing editing and color grading on my pictures. That's one of my favorite things to do is it's like, okay, I took the picture. Here's where I can make it look exactly how I want it to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Half the fun is in post. Yes. And then so I've actually kind of leads into another question I had put down, uh, later for, down the line. You talked a lot about uh, cameras and uh, or doing stuff in post. So, what cameras and softwares do you use for everything? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I have lots of different cameras, but uh, a one that I use primarily is a Sony A sixty five hundred. Whenever I'm vlogging, uh, well, that camera's changed up a couple times. Um, uh, right now, I have a Sony ZV one, which is a fairly new camera. Um, but I like it because uh, this is the first time that my vlogging camera and my camera I primarily use for um, footage are of the same brand. And so that means that they have uh, the same menu system and you can configure them to match uh, something. So that's come in handy when 
uh, you have a ride that has a locker policy, and so you can't bring any bags into the queue. Well, here, now I have a pocket-sized camera that I can shoot something from the queue and bring it on the ride with me, uh, you know, zipped up in a pocket, and it'll be totally fine. And then that footage can look like it came from my much bigger camera. You know, not as many capabilities, obviously, because that's to fit in your pocket, so you can't go um, super telephoto or anything. But uh, that's something that I've uh, recently been a big fan of. Um, uh, for I have lots of different gear. I have um, a gimbal from Moza that I use for a lot of my footage. I have a Sennheiser mic uh, that I use as a boom uh, or a shotgun. And uh, I have a Shure M7 mic that I'm on right now, which hopefully sounds good. And, yes, it does. <laughs> um, thank you. And uh, let's see, what else do I have? Well, I edit primarily in Final Cut Pro, but I have uh, a variety of editing softwares, including uh, DaVinci Resolve. And I have experience in just about every single major editing software out there. But Final Cut is my preferred. Um, I, have a lot of different I have a lot of different plugins that I use for that. So um, it's kind of souped up. So that's kind of why I turned to that instead of maybe uh, some of the others, just because I don't want to have to go through the process of uh, transferring plugins or, or just getting new ones. So um, I like Final Cut. It's nice. It's intuitive. So yeah, that was, that's always one of my questions I love asking filmmakers, because usually I hear either one of two things. You hear Final Cut Pro or Premiere Pro. Yeah, absolutely, so. and and they're they're both great. Um, I'm also a big fan of um, you know, I mentioned a uh, Resolve. Resolve is fantastic, but uh, Sony Vegas is great. Or I guess it might just now be Vegas, but um, they have a really good editing uh, suite for audio. It's brilliant, and um, I've also I'm certified in Avid Media Composer, which they use to make all the movies. And it is a very intense software. It's like, how complicated do you want this? Yes. <laughs> so it's like it slider is, uh, has reached the yeah. end and is just going and going and going. It is not intuitive. It is so complicated. And so I do not enjoy using that editing software, but I do know how to use it. I could understand not wanting to use something like that, though. That do like, there's a point where it's like, does it really need to be this complicated? Yeah, well, and exactly. Well, and here's something that I've realized is I'm also kind of uh, taking steps in, you know, the film industry um, is you get some clients that they're they're picky about what you're using, which is, in my opinion, very stupid. Who cares what software you're using as long as it turns out well? And uh, so there's people out there that they're like, I want you editing in, in this suite. And it's like, well, here's the thing. If I do this in Final Cut, I could turn it out in half the time. And it'll turn out just as good. It can handle everything. I mean, if you if we we're talking Final Cut, maybe a couple of years ago, like before they went through a big uh, revamp, which was ooh, was it two thousand seven? I don't know. But um, they they went through a major overhaul. Well, now it's like uh, it's kind of on the same part with Premiere. But before that, Premiere was miles ahead of Final Cut. Final Cut was kind of looked down on. So um, it's nice to see that Apple would decide to step up their game with it. Yeah, I don't have as much experience in Premiere Pro, but I have a lot of friends at school that use it for their journalism projects because our school is crazy, and they're like, yeah, let's buy all the kids a copy of it. Um, <laughs> that's nice. It, it's, it's one of those things that's always puzzled me. It's like, we spend money on that, and yet you won't buy us new laptops, which we need to run the software. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you got to have a good... 
good computer for it. I have a um, MacBook Pro 15-inch uh, 2015. So it's, I mean, it's it's a great computer. Um, I had I've a 13 been using it pretty the, much the, 2015 of the for, MacBook Pro. Yeah, I had a, I had a 13 inch for years, and then I put something through the screen while it was in my backpack because it's got the glass apple on the back. Something went right oh, through geez. that and came through the front of the screen. So that was the downhill. So now I'm on a 2020 MacBook Pro, which is also amazing. Okay, with the little touch bar at the top. Yep. Okay. It's one okay. of the last Intel-based Macs. I was like, eh, I'll go ahead and get an Intel one, and I'll ride that out, and then I'll get the uh And they got rid chip. of all the USB ports, so you have to use an adapter now, right? Yes. This is the weirdest thing. Is I have a, um, I have multiple adapters. I have a USB Type-C to an SD card reader, because I need one of those. And then yeah, I have yeah, yeah. a three-way that has another uh, USB Type-C, an HDMI, and a USB port. And... I will say this Ugh. though, the charging through a USB Type C is insane. Like, okay, that's I'm good. ready f- for iPhone to switch over to it because it's going to charge so fast. Okay, interesting. Okay, that's cool. Yep, random tech things. Yeah, <laughs> boring half the people who do not care. Get back to the roller coasters. <laughs> it's going to be who my dad that? while he's listening to this. He's going to be like. I thought this was supposed to be about roller coasters. Why are we you talking? Guys got off topic too much. <laughs> that was last week. That was with, last uh, yes. with Marcus. Marcus and Mark came oh, nice. on last week because we've been talking about doing just a funny satirical episode for a while, where we can decided once and for all if Ryan was a giga or not. It's like let's get Marcus and Mark in on this because they're two of the most vocal people about it. So <laughs> it got it got interesting. Lots of tangenting. Yep. Oh, I'm sure. That's expected. Uh, of course. Most uh, of I the think time, they've done when like four they or five on, times. When they come on the show, I'm just like, I just write a thing under that. It's like tangent. Yeah. I don't even bother writing questions because I just know it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. That's great. Love it. Well, okay. Couple. Let's see. Let's talk about. This is, okay, we've touched on it a bit, and you've definitely talked about it some, but I'll ask it again. What, when you're at the parks filming, what are you looking for? Because this is something I know as a photographer, that I, when I'm at a park, I experience it different because I'm looking for shots constantly. So what's it like for you when you're at a park filming? Sure. So, I mean, I very much, whenever I'm just walking around, and I'm sure that you are in the same situation. I think once you are with a camera for so long, you experience this where uh, when you are just walking around, no matter where it is, does not have to be at a park, uh, you are almost seeing it through the lens of a camera where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that'd be a good shot if I had a camera with me or something yes. like that. Um, Aim into that. It's like, ugh, why never bring the camera? Yeah, so I'm always thinking of... Um, visual composition that's something that i'm looking for is i'm uh you know i'm using my eyes to see what would uh be nice framed up in a certain way um and i mean i'm sometimes i'm picky i'm like ah this would be a lot better if i moved three steps to the left you know like something oddly specific like that and so whenever i'm walking around with the camera first of all is my camera is almost never in my bag it is always you know with the strap around my neck and it's almost always in my hand so i i rarely ever put it away the only time i put it away is when i'm about to ride a ride and guess what when i get off the ride the camera's coming back out so yep um 
I'm always trying to think of um, directional directional lines, and um, I'm trying to get some good depth in there. So um, just whenever I mean, it just depends on the circumstance. I mean, if we're walking on a pathway, then um, oftentimes I'll try and get uh, maybe uh, some guests walking around, some just kind of general park shots. It's not all about the roller coasters. I mean, there's um, there's definitely uh, I mean, there's so. What I love about amusement parks is that there is so much that you could um, get cool photos or videos out of. I mean, it is, it's heaven to walk around and you can see so. I mean, there's so much potential. Let's take Bush Gardens for example. You got animals, you got uh, nature. There's um, uh, trees, flowers, running water. Then you got these huge thrill rides. And uh, there's people, there's food, everything you could possibly want. And so that's something I love is it keeps things interesting because um, you can go for a completely different purpose. When I was in middle school, um, I was – so fun fact, I'm sort of good at drawing. Well, sort of. I, I took an AP art class, and so um, I did these drawing classes for years and years and years, and I really liked my um, – art teacher and we would do a yearly trip to bush gardens for the sole purpose of getting reference photos so we'd bring our cameras out and um we were to take pictures for something that uh you know we could use to draw and in our class everyone liked drawing different things and we all were able to get something completely different to use as a reference photo architecture uh uh birds of course i i was photographing the roller coasters and we had a fun day trip out of it. So um, that's a little tangent about um, why uh, going to theme parks is so much fun to be a, a photographer or a videographer. Um, so oh, yeah. that was a long, long response <laughs> to a very short question. <laughs> it's, it's a good response, though, because it's all very true. Like, you're right. When you're walking around a park, if I'm in the same boat. Like, the camera is rarely in a, in a bag. It's only ever in a bag if it's we're riding a roller coaster or maybe if I'm eating because it I found that finding a place to put that camera with that lens on a table gets complicated fast yeah Brandon flexes lens size I I still can't get over going to the um the keys to the kingdom vlog and just being able to oh hover gosh. over it and it's us comparing our camera lenses like that is that was so funny that's still one of the funniest things ever to me so it's so funny i was every time i think about that i'm like i mean i have a i have a long <laughs> lens yours is ridiculous and then and then have you seen the one that um scott <laughs> took to cedar point oh my. that was that's that's longer than any of ours yes i saw i was like scott you That's could insane. see Tony Clark's office with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, well, because I, I remember, like, that video coming out. I was like, oh, I'll watch that later. And John Mike texts me. He's like, you need to go hover over that thumbnail now. It's like, why? <laughs> he's like, just do it. And I was sitting in the living room, and I just busted out laughing. And my parents were like, are you okay? And it's like, you need to just look, come look at this. <laughs> Even, and it was not intentional, I promise that. No, because usually YouTube just randomly picks that, right? Yeah. 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 It's completely random. Yeah. That, hilarious. One of my favorite things. Yeah. That was a fun day. Yes, that, that was a really fun day. I, I, 
I'll scroll back through pictures to try to find someone or some to post on Instagram, and I'll just I just have to scroll past those pictures I took of you, Scott, and the Sarah, and I'm like, those are good pictures. Yeah. Uh, there's been there's been some good good memories from this year. The 2020 as a whole has kind of sucked, but I mean that whole weekend with Hollywood Nights and Keys of the Kingdom was one of the most fun weekends I've ever had. So yeah. I mean, there's been there's definitely been some good things that have come out of it. Yeah. For all the bad stuff that's happened, there has been a lot of good stuff. Oh, now I'm just going back to riding Voyage at night, dressed up as dogs. Ah, <laughs> oh, so fun. I should have been so there. I should have been was, there. It was an experience. It, it was really something... I don't know if we're ever going to get to do something crazy like that again. I hope, but... Hollywood Nights is six months away. I know. Isn't that weird to think about? It, it, it feels kind like of we is. just had it, but... but yeah, uh, well, we were looking... Away, so who knows? Last week on the show, we were actually looking at the weekend because Marcos is, was all like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be a new moon or not, which it's not, sadly. Rip. Yeah, no, we were all like, ugh. But, okay, so one more big topic, and then we can kind of just tangent until we run out of stuff the tangent about. So the biggest project, I think, this is probably your biggest project you've ever worked on, is the RMC documentary. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah. I got, the first thing I got to ask is, where did this idea start? So the original idea that I had for this was actually a little bit more focused, is I had an idea to, I mean, I'm always thinking of um, things that would make, you know, a cool documentary or whatever, but... Um, my, the initial idea I had was actually for an Alan Shilkey documentary, um, just specifically focused on him. Cause he's had so m much influence on this industry. I mean, going back from starting at arrow to SNS RMC, I mean, he, he has played a major hand in so many different roller coasters. As you look at an enthusiast top 10 list, probably eight or nine of the coasters on there are rides that he did. Like it's stupid. So yeah, he, that he was my original my idea. Top two, so yeah. So so um, what happened was I had reached out to him and I actually didn't hear anything back. And so I was kind of uh, going to Plan B. You know, just in the instance of well, okay, well, you know, uh, this this might not happen. And so um, I had previous um relations with uh some of the people from rmc where i had been to their facility i talked with them at iapa and so i had their contact information and i knew i'd get a response and so um i reached out to them about what they thought of a documentary about them and i don't know what response i was expecting but i was not expecting what they said and the way they said it which was um we've been wanting someone to do a documentary about us for a long time. And we think that you would be the a fantastic choice to tell this story. And we're like, I, well, I was like, Oh my gosh, like what? Um, Cause they had mentioned that there was a, a TV crew that had come out and was trying to shoot like a reality show, like trying to dramatize it all. And then they were like, nah, this isn't really working that, you know, we want, um, you know, a, someone who will actually do a good job and they're like, we've seen your stuff. Um, we know that you care about this topic. And, um, so they were completely on board with it. It was an overwhelming yes 
I was expecting maybe a yes, not an overwhelming yes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, so that was, I mean, we talked about pressure earlier. That was, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I am starting to feel the pressure and I haven't oh, even yeah. done anything yet. So, um, and the whole reason why I, I was seeking out someone to do this documentary is because um, I'm about to graduate uh, from my university and uh, part of my um, final project is you have to do um, like a capstone on something of your choice. And so um, I've taken a specific interest in documentaries because I, I did Save My Park. I did one like Kingsman. I've done some like small features. And so um, I, I knew I wanted to do a documentary and, and I had, I was working with some classmates and there were some ideas tossed around, but there weren't really any real ways where we could um, like even get started. Like we didn't even know some of these people. And so I had already um, met some of the people at RMC. And so I was like, you know, I at least have a place to start at. And so that's kind of why I reached out. And as soon as we got the overwhelming, yes, I was like, all right, we're good to go. Um, and then COVID hit. So that was fun. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this was uh, – we had had that initial conversation in January. March rolls around, completely throws off our plans because we were originally going to go up to RMC in April to do a lot of our filming, and then um, everything just got derailed. And so what ended up happening was I spent the summer at the parks that allowed it uh, doing a lot of different filming with um, – so it was, it was Dollywood – uh, Cedar Point, Silver Dollar City, Kentucky Kingdom, and then at the end of August, went up to RMC with uh, Scott and Sarah. They've been a huge help with this project, and uh, we just did four days up there of basically nonstop filming. And um, at the end of that, I was like, you know, is this it? Like, do I have everything? And then I was like, you know, no, I, I don't. I still don't have Alan. Because when I had reached out to him originally, you know, I didn't hear back from him. I'm like, okay, now that I actually have all this stuff shot, I should be able to get Alan, logically. And I'm still reaching out. I'm still not hearing anything. And so, um, I mean, because I'm, I'm friends with people like Scott and, and stuff who um, have talked with him. And they had basically, they well, they had gone out and seen Alan out in Utah, which is where I go to school, which is a little convenient, but um, they had gone out and seen him. I had them ask if he would be okay to do an interview, and he had said yes, and I was still just, I didn't want to just like, you know, call him, because I'm just some guy, I had met him once, and I didn't really know him that mm -hmm. well, and, um, but I just wasn't getting a response via email or anything, and so finally, um, uh, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to suck it up, and so um, I get a hold of his, you know, phone number. I send him a text. And I'm like, there's like, this is stupid. Like, this is never going to work. Like, he's going to think, you know, who's this weirdo Thuzy that <laughs> got a hold of this note. I mean, if I got a random text from someone, I'd be like, Who, who's this? Like, no. I mean, but actually he was, he was super cool about it. He was like, hey, just come up whenever you want. Uh, he was about like two hours away from me. And so I was like, holy frick. And so um, went up to see him and uh, I think it was October um, shot a great interview with them, some awesome footage. It was kind of the major thing we were looking for. I mean, when you think of RMC, it's kind of, it's Fred and Alan. So um, I knew that we couldn't really do this without him. And so um, that was amazing. And then the last major thing that, um, well, 
I mean, we're still filming, so yeah, we're not we're not done. But one of the other major things that we need is um, Fred grew up in a small town in Wyoming, and um, I. For this, I really needed to go there to get a bunch of footage of it because we had all these stories from him growing up. And so um, we had planned, me and a, a buddy had planned a trip to Yellowstone. I'd never been, and, and where he grew up was like an hour away from that. And so uh, we actually planned a visit out to uh, his the town he grew up in, which has like a thousand people in it. You know, it's a really small town. It was actually super charming. I, I really enjoyed uh, walking around with it. It was, you know, really quirky. But um, something I didn't anticipate was I didn't realize that he still had family out there. And uh, so we actually got a, a tour of the town from his brother and then shot an interview with him. And it was just a, and that was. I mean, there's been a lot of miracles in this project, but that was one that, I mean, we didn't have that set up until I think less than 12 hours before it actually happened. I mean, it was, so some of the, the people that we've talked with and everything, it's, it's been insane. And then um, the last shoot we did was uh, at Six Flags Over Texas. We actually went out and met the family at over Texas and filmed them at new Texas giant, which was super cool. And we were really thrilled that uh, the park was able to help us out with that. So we could get the content we we're looking for. And the plan right now is to release it next year, mainly because all the RMCs that were delayed this year are going to open next year. And I don't want to open it without getting, you know, Jersey devil, iron Gwazi, and now stunt pilot in it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a lot of work. It is. It has been a ton of work. Um, this point that we're currently at with it is, um, we ended up deciding that we had so much content that it wasn't feasible to get this entire story told in time for graduation. And so we, uh, to turn in in order to graduate, we are submitting a, a shortened version where we're basically telling the story up until New Texas Giant, okay. and. That is uh, where we're at now. Is that version is pretty much done. Uh, we have uh, we haven't submitted it yet, but we're making very small tweaks to it at this point. I mean, very minuscule things, and uh, we'll be showing it at uh, to our classes. Let's see, in like two or three days, something like that. And um, we might end up seeing if we can uh, send that version to a couple festivals. But we don't want to widely release it to the public until we can tell the full story because we recognize right. that there's a whole lot more to this company. There are a lot of really cool things that we cut from this that really are important that we hear. But just for the sake of this video, we're like, well, you know, let's let's condense it down here, only get to the most important stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I definitely have heard a lot less stories than you, but I've gotten a chance to talk with some RMC employees at Lightning Rod because they love to come just watch that ride and watch it fail miserably as it so often did in its early <laughs> years. Um, or yeah. then one of my other favorite things I've gotten to do is talk with Anne Irvine and Brian Andre a couple of years uh, ago. Oh, they're great. Uh, they actually yeah, met... Yeah, we interviewed them for this. Yeah, so they met my dad and I for dinner one night in Ann Arbor. Right? Really? I just emailed, I was like, hey, could we like meet and like talk about getting into the industry they're like yeah we'll meet you for dinner so that was awesome That's awesome but one yeah, of my favorite I, I, stories she they told me that night was actually where they signed the papers for steel vengeance oh um, i and told me yep. told that story in her interview because yep. I, I went in, i also went to ann arbor to 
um, to interview him there. And, and in the interview, she told that story. It was very cool. I, I know. I was like, so you're telling me Fred Grubb signed the contract in the station? And she's like, yeah. I was like, good to know. So that's that's my favorite yeah. story to pull out when I'm in Lightning Rod Station and I meet a random enthusiast. Like, so right over there, that's where they signed the papers for Steel Vengeance. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. The, no, it, it, it's wild. Yeah. I, I'm When you told... When you announced this at uh, Keys to the Kingdom, and then you and I spent a decent amount of time uh, filming and taking pictures of Storm Chaser and talking about this, I was like, this, this is going to be something to remember when we finally get to see it. And everything you just told me now is like, oh, now I'm even more ready for it. Yeah, yeah I, we've spent so much time on this. I mean, I am, I am thinking about this project every single day. It is always in my mind. Um, I have a huge section. I, I do a lot of, most of my ideas I end up writing on in the notes app on my phone. And I have an entire folder dedicated to this doc. And I am always just writing down just different ideas I have for it. And um, I mean, we've made so much progress with it. And um, in working with this shortened version, I think is, is only going to make the longer version better because it's given me the chance to um, really experiment and figure out what's working and what's not so um, that when we decide to expand on it and everything, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really solid. I mean, um, I know I'm biased, but I think I think this is going to be, uh, this, uh, people are going to be talking about this for a while. Like, it's it's very, very cool. Uh, I'm I, super I, excited. Like, yeah. I, I'm one, almost 100% sure that it's going to be amazing, even with all the hype surrounding it. You know, I mean, you've done other documentaries in the past and they've all been amazing and great. So I'm sure this one will be as well. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll, again, I'll say this is, is by far the largest project. I mean, um, when I did the Kentucky Kingdom one, I mean, that was, it was me. Uh, it was me doing everything. Um, it, it was one camera for all the interviews. You know, I, I didn't have as much uh, equipment here. I mean, it's, for a lot of this, it is, three different people you know me scott and sarah we each have a camera we're each shooting um different things and uh multiple cameras on the interviews we're having uh uh outside editors people people coming in like i mean uh there's people doing music animations graphics i mean it is when you actually count up how many people are helping out with this thing i mean it's it's insane so i definitely when it comes out i do not want to take all the credit because there is a lot of people that without them it would not have been what it what it will be when it releases i mean it's it's insane yeah yeah i'm it's gonna be great so i've actually got i had a question oh okay here it is just ballpark how many gigs of footage do you think you have right now (laughs) i could tell you um my hard drive is plugged in that has it i have an entire drive dedicated to the um to the dock um Currently in interviews, just the interviews folder alone, I have two terabytes. Oh, um, In the B-roll folder, I have 700 gigabytes. Um, in the photos and just different references, uh, I, have, I have 10 gigs, and I'm sure that one's going to get a lot larger. We're still in the process of gathering like archival material. Um, and music, well, music files don't take up anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than a gigabyte. <laughs> yeah, music <laughs> files are nothing. That's the glories of doing a podcast is it's like, huh, 100 megabytes. Ooh, that's yeah. a big episode for us. 
Right, but again, just in the interviews folder alone. Two, two terabytes. terabytes. I don't even think I have... Let's see, I have a... There's a terabyte here, 500, five, I have about two terabytes worth of hard drives that I use just for my photo storage. So... Nice. Yeah. I don't, no, all, I keep everything on a five uh, terabyte drive, and then it is all backed up onto another five terabyte drive, and... Uh, I purposely keep that drive in a different location than this one. Um, so if something ever happened, I don't lose everything. And then uh, there is another drive that everything has been copied onto as well. And then everything is also done through a cloud backup service. So basically, if one drive fails, we're still good. If two drives fail, we're still good. If three drives fail, we're still good. So... I am very paranoid about this, if you can't tell. <laughs> I understand that, though, because I have corrupted some SD cards before, and it's like, this is why you have a backup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, two terabytes. That's, that's, that's a decent amount right there. It's a bit. It's a bit. Yep. So, I think now, Chris... I'll let you ask a couple of questions about just random roller coasters that Taylor's gotten to ride that we both want to, because I know there's one that you always like to ask about. Oh, oh boy. <sighs> Helix. Helix. Okay. My number one bucket you... list. Really? I was expecting you to say Edge and Ica or Dota. No, that's the I mean, one. Those are up about. there. <laughs> <laughs> Helix. Okay. Uh, Helix is, is good. Um, so I think. I had slightly wrong expectations going into this. This was my, it wasn't my, it was my first mock multi-launch. I think, well, no, I guess I did Time Traveler first. Well, that's not really fair because it's spinning, but um, I had done Blue Fire, but like of the mock multi-launch coasters, this was, um, you know, this was kind of, I guess my first like kind of introduction to them. Um, I did it a couple days before I did Icon. So Helix, I I don't think that I had fully um, appreciated it because I was focusing too much on how much the launches sucked. Um, the launches are not launches. They're, I mean, I think Lisa Berg even calls them like boosters. All it does is get the train up to speed. It yeah. is not forceful at all. You barely even feel like you're accelerating. And so um, I was, I think that a lot of the ride experience, I was just focusing on like that launch we just hit was awful. And then we hit the second one. I'm like, are we even accelerating? So like, I didn't, it, it just wasn't fair. Cause I was, I, I wasn't focusing on like the layout, which the layout is really good. Like it's a great layout. The way it uses the terrain is insane. Um, but yeah, unfortunately that was, um, I had to get over that initial surprise. Um, after my first ride, I think I got five on it. Um, uh, my other my other downside didn't like it. This also ruined my first ride was um, the lap bars uh, really came down on me during the ride. I was stapled and it was like almost painful. Where um, it was it was hurting when I was kind of riding. Where I was like, okay, can, these things like please lift me. Like I I had a way more painful experience with those lap bars than Sky Rush. Skyrush's lap bars have never really bothered me, but they, they don't bother like, me either. This, I was like, this is not comfortable at all, and so I had to get past that. And so by you know by the time I got to my fifth ride, I was 
I was good, and I I was really enjoying it. It was it was by far uh, my favorite ride in the park. Um, I, one of my regrets is um, we could have stayed at Lisaberg till closing, which would have given us some night rides, and opted not to. And I regret that decision. I wish I stayed longer and got a night ride on it. Um, yeah, it was good though. Um, <laughs> funny story, I couldn't find the right entrance for like first time when I was walking around there, um, I didn't realize that the ride entrance is on top of a hill. Mm -hmm. And so I'm walking past the entrance for this because it's a little deceiving. Um, so in order to get there, there's some escalators and they have a sign above the escalator saying this way to atmosphere. Atmosphere is the big drop tower on top of the hill. I didn't realize that atmosphere and helix share a same building. Um, the entrance for Helix is in the same building as Atmosphere. And so I was just seeing, okay, Atmosphere is there, but not Helix. And so I'm walking past this thing, like, Helix's entrance has got to be somewhere around here. I had no idea. And so finally, I'm like, I'm just going to go up this escalator and find out. And sure enough, there it is. And I'm like, oh, I felt like a stupid American. <laughs> but um, I know you're not alone because I've had some friends that have been over there to ride and they're like, this, it was a little confusing to find that entrance. It was. It's just not well worded. I mean, first of all, first of all, first of all, like, why would you not have Helix, the sign for Helix, be the big sign for the escalators instead of the drop tower? Like, Helix is clearly the more popular attraction. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm really hyped for it because I love terrain rides and I love mocks. Like, Time Traveler is my number one overall. Um, oh yeah, no, I love time. Oh, so I think good. I think that is my favorite coaster by Mock. I I yeah. think I like it more than Helix. And I, I could so... definitely see that happening for me. I just terrain, and then if I keep like I'm trying to keep my expectations chilled on the launches for sure. Like just the layout looks amazing with the terrain interaction. So I'm really excited for it with that. I'm just gonna. Make sure I don't yeah, expect anything do, from the launches. Yeah, don't expect anything from the launches at all. If you have that mindset, uh, then you'll be fine. One thing, I, this was very impressive to me. Um, I loved the ride operator control booth. I had the opportunity oh, to yeah. go inside they have it. the and crazy look. chair, it don't they? It was so cool. It's like a gamer chair with like a joystick that controls everything. It was insane. It's probably the slickest ride op booth I have ever seen. It is amazing. Yeah. I've seen. It's also. Uh, it's also. Is it soundproof or I don't know something like that? But it's like it's quiet in there, which is weird because in the station they're blasting Helix's soundtrack, which I don't know if you're familiar oh, with Helix's soundtrack, yes. but it is Imascore's best work yes. in my opinion. Oh, we we share that opinion. <laughs> I listen to it not daily. I'm not that weird, but I definitely listen to it a lot. I think at one point in time it was the alarm <laughs> that I used to wake up in the morning. That is an awesome way to wake up. <laughs> Um, cause I, I, over COVID, I was the opener at my store. So I had to be up at like 4.45, 5 a.m. So it's like, if I'm getting up that early, I'm getting up to some awesome I am a score music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Just, yeah. Nice. Yes. Now, now what, okay. You said, t you mentioned time traveler. Now I, I want to talk about that because Chris hasn't gotten to do a night ride on it. And it's still my number so one. So good. Uh, it's, I so this past summer, um, I did a night rain ride, and it was not light rain; it was pelting rain, and it was insane. This was our first ride 
on Time Traveler, and we're with some guys that have not ridden it before. Actually, I think I was the only one in our group that had ridden it before, and it is pouring. Like, we know we are going to get drenched here, and it was it was insane being in that back car, getting whipped over the drop, not being able to see anything because the rain is coming down so hard that, like, it hurts to open your eyes, and the layout just completely like you're disoriented but in like a good way mm-hmm. oh it was insane i loved it that yeah, well that was the one thing going into that park this summer like i of course i'd heard how good time traveler was and i'd heard how good outlaw rum was but the one thing i'd never really heard a ton of people talk about was how good every single ride that that park is after the sun goes down absolutely we did outlaw at sunset it was beautiful and then about five minutes later we got right back on and it's the darkest <laughs> i've ever ridden a roller coaster in and i was like this is insane like i can't see where i'm going i have no clue what's about to happen it it was just one of those like experiences like that might be the best night ride i've ever had on any coaster yeah, Outlaw Run at Night is one of my all-time favorites. I think it's the second best night ride in the world, only behind the Voyage. I would agree with you on that. It's there's just something so crazy about just once, especially once you go under the lift hill and get to the wave turn. It's like you just can't see anything. Yeah, it's so cool. I've I've done it at night a couple times. I did uh, this past summer when they did their. Um, uh their event i forget what it's called but it was awesome um and then i also did it in november uh when it was cold out and it was still incredible i think it might have been running faster then than during the summer i don't know how that works but (laughs) i find that to be true with lightning rod to it like by the end of december it's like cooking it's fast but yeah no Silver Dollars, that was a park that was high on my bucket list when I got there this year. I was like, this is, I see why everyone likes this place. Yeah, I, I had an, I've had an interesting um, experience with Silver Dollar City in, in the way that my opinion has changed over time. Because uh, my first visit, I was kind of underwhelmed with it, honestly. And I didn't really, I don't even think we spent a full day there. I just didn't get the full experience. And uh, I went back like two or three times. And I still, like, I liked it, but I was still just kind of underwhelmed with it. This past summer, we went, we spent three days at Silver Dollar City. Three days. I was loving it. Like, it was so good. Like, yeah. I I finally, then, it took my, I guess that would have been my fourth or fifth time to that park to really appreciate it. Like, that, I don't even know how that makes sense, but... It was, uh, uh, I, I seriously, like, I, it actually made my list of uh, favorite parks I've been to, where previously, before this past summer, it, it wouldn't have. I mean, it's number one for me. I, I love that park too much. Uh, you oh. know, it, it's got my favorite coaster, it's got Outlaw, and just the atmosphere is, it, it's like two times Dollywood, honestly, in my opinion. Oh, we're not having this debate tonight, Chris. Not <laughs> tonight. Moving on. <laughs> no, no. for me, it goes back and forth between Silver Dollar City and Knott's because those are both parts uh, that I, I adore. I love Knott's. Knott's, the I only reason, like, Knott's. Ghost Town. That, like, you could, oh, so that could good. be its own park, and I would pay just for that because... Oh, sure. No, yeah. Oh. Ghost Rider during Scary Farm is one of my all-time favorites because... They're open oh. till two in the morning, and riding Ghost Rider at two in the morning when it is 
completely dark out and it's foggy from all uh, the haunt mazes that they have surrounding the coaster. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And like you said, it's, I mean, it doesn't get cold in Southern California. I mean, well, not compared to other places at least. And, uh, but it was still a little bit chillier than, you know, like a 90 degree day and Ghost Rider is cooking. It oh, yeah. Great. Well, Thunderhead yesterday, it was like 40 degrees. And my dad and I were like, that's the best ride we've had on it in years. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I'll be down there at the end of the month. Oh, yeah. I, I know. John Mike has already been texting me like, okay, we're, these are the days we're going to be there. And like, I was like, okay. Oh, good. So so you'll be there too. Yeah, All I right. think he, he told me good. the dates yesterday. Aren't y'all staying in Knoxville? We are. So, yeah, because we, we always get a cabin to fit a bunch of people, but um, the place where we've rent from in the past, I guess, is closed because of COVID or something. So they aren't renting to people. And so uh, we are staying far away because all the other places were just really expensive around uh, Pigeon Forge and Gallenberg. We couldn't get the usual good deal that we normally would. And so we found this place in Knoxville, and it's it actually looks really good. But, where, where it is yeah, it? unfortunately, it just means a commute. Where, where are y'all staying in Knoxville? It's like near downtown. Okay. So I go to, I'm, I live in Knoxville. I know everywhere downtown really well. So. Oh, good. Well, just come stop by. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll give you the address. No, John Mike was like, hey, we're staying in Knoxville, and... This like what what is the stuff to do? I was like, well, there's a lot of stuff to do. It's like, what do you want to do? Good. So yeah, I've actually never been in downtown, so it, um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like like I mean, because I've been to Dollywood a million times. Like I, it's okay if I I don't need to spend a full day there. I'll just go for like you know a couple hours here and there, and especially if Lightning Rod is closed. Like you know I. I'm very laid back whenever I go to Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg because I go there a couple times a year. So I have no problem spending a little bit of time in Knoxville. Sounds fun. Oh, yeah. there's Well, if you are a fan of, like, World's Fair stuff, there's a lot of stuff to see. I mean, That's cool. you've got our giant 250-foot golden golf ball in the sky. <laughs> what the heck? Have you, have you seen pictures? Yeah, I'm assuming you've seen pictures of the Sun Sphere, right? I think. Oh, Hold on. Is that like the weird tower? Yeah, it's ba it's our Eiffel Tower or Statue of Liberty. Um, yeah, I think I have, but uh, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it looks like. Let me go grab one of the pictures I took of it a couple days ago with my drone. Oh, I should bring my drone yes, and then get... Oh, dude, you should show me the best shots to get from the drone yes, uh, around Knoxville. Bring it, and then we will go flying. Okay, downtown. I'll bring it. Oh, that sounds sweet. Yeah, there's... I love it. There's a, let me see, did I download the right version of it? I was going to bring it this weekend and fly it around, like, Ocean City and, um, you know, get some cool, like, because I haven't taken it to a beach yet, so Ooh, that I figured fun. that could be kind of cool. Random thing. Especially if there's no one there, then yeah. just, like, fly it, like, low to the ground over the sand. It could be super cool. When we were up in Michigan over uh, my fall break, we did, a, I took my drone and I did a lot of flying over the beach and out over the lake, and it was like, this is nice. great. No. I'm actually, I know you and I texted about the other day, but I'm looking at when we're doing, Knoxville's having their next certification test, and I'm like, please, mm -hmm. soon? Yeah, I, I still need to do, uh, I still need to prepare more before I actually go out and, and take it. You know, I don't want to be that guy that has to take it a second time. Yeah. But my goal is to get it, um, to get certified by, I'd say, March at the latest. So I'm going to be working on it in January and February because there's nothing else to do. Oh, that is pretty. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's, I have seen that before. 
Yeah. So, and then... Can you check this? Yeah, that's with my drone. Okay, cool. Let's go. Yeah, so, (laughs) and then the other cool thing, there's a building kind of at the end of that. It's an old train station, and that's my high school. So, I go to school in a 115-year-old train station. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, That's weird. Oh, yeah, it's super weird, because I walk around, and it's like, that is definitely not code. How have we not been fined? That's funny. 45-degree staircases, what? Whoa. Yeah. That's a little severe. Yeah, it's, it's weird, but... Okay, well, I, th- I feel like we're running out of stuff to talk about, but Taylor, thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah, running, sure thing. it's winding down here, we'll hit finish recording, and then it will be like, okay, and now we'll talk about this, 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 and this, and that's how it always goes. Yeah, yeah, but, totally. Yeah, yeah, we're also at over an hour, so. Hey, that's, and do you, you said you recorded stuff before I came on? Yeah, there's about oh, yeah. 20 minutes worth of... Uh, little bits of news and stuff we hit on um oh my gosh yeah you're gonna have a freaking long episode it won't be as long as the episodes of marcus yes those episodes sometimes the tdr it can go over two hours (laughs) well i guess i'm honored that i don't talk as much is that how that works (laughs) you don't Uh, um you don't incoherently scream that's how i like to describe what they do yeah, I'd say that's I mean, the positive. I can if that. you want. <laughs> I, that'd be a little weird. I mean, I sure. Mean, more content. Yeah, let, let's just hear it. Go ahead, Taylor. Uh, oh, look at the time. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's finish this up. Yeah. Uh, plug everything. I think most of uh, well, people will know who where to find you, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's Coaster Studios on YouTube. It's at uh, Coaster underscore Studios on Instagram at coaster studios on twitter and uh we also have a discord you can join uh join the chat on discord and um i think that's it oh and we're on facebook as well awesome yeah and then of course for us it's at twisted underscore travelers for instagram and at twisted traveler but the r at the end is a one because twitter refuses to let that other person like lose their handle Sounds like a personal problem. It is. It really is. I have taken this to heart now. That's like that's like my dying wishes. I want the at Twisted Traveler Twitter handle. Well, best of luck. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna hunt that guy down and be like, "Give me your Twitter handle now." Anyway. Yeah, so we will be back next week. We've got more fun stuff lined up for the rest of this year. Again, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. If you ever just feel like hopping Absolutely. on, it's the exact same rules as the Drunk Riders. If we're in here, it's fair game. All right, sounds good. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast.